0: Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. My favorite plant to grow in my yard is the fruit tree because you plant it once and you get fruit for decades. If you have ever been curious on the best ways to be successful in growing fruit trees, today is your lucky day. Why? Because my team and I have compiled our best interviews and videos in one place to assist you in growing your own toe-tingling peaches and awesome apples right out your front or back door. Plus, as an added bonus, we've included an in-depth guide to successfully growing fruit trees in your yard. To get access to this information, It's free, by the way. Just go to urbanorchard.org or text FRUIT to 33444. That's urbanorchard.org or text FRUIT to 33444. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own
1: Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Jesse Sparks to talk about his experience with harvesting in his own neighborhood. Jesse is a sixth-generation Arizona native. His great-grandfather owned and operated a farm in Tempe, Arizona, and Jesse's mother's side comes from farming heritage in Iowa. So he has been surrounded by gardens, fruit trees, and fresh produce his entire life. He and his wife had a townhome where they started growing food by converting the lawn area in the back into a five-square-foot garden. Then, after moving and expanding into a larger area with more garden space, he noticed he physically felt better after eating homegrown produce. Jesse travels a lot for work and is constantly on airplanes with recirculating air, but he credits never having come home with the travel crud to his healthier homegrown eating style. Jesse lives in northwest Phoenix with his wife Heather, their two sons, And is expecting twin daughters due in early 2017. Congratulations, by the way, and welcome to the show today, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Sure.
1: So as you mentioned, uh, both sides of my family uh, come from farming heritage, and so we always grew up with uh, various gardens, and when we'd have family get-togethers at um, our extended family's homes, there was always uh, a garden or fruit trees. Um, so it was just something that was always around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we got older, we being myself and, and my brother and sister and, and all the kids in my generation, right? Uh, we sort of took over the reins um, and then built uh, gardens or fruit, planted fruit trees at our homes. Oh, nice. Uh, it, was, it was not not really a a conscious decision. It was just more of a natural progression. Oh, that's an interesting distinction. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, so it was, um, you know, when we were growing up and we'd help cooking in the kitchen, uh, you know, my mom would say, hey, go and grab some cilantro or go and pick a few tomatoes. um, Or when we'd have those get-togethers, the the potlucks, because my mom is uh, number eight out of nine children. Oh, wow. Mm So our our gatherings were quite large. Uh uh, you know, it would be a potluck and, and a lot of the dishes would be made with the ingredients or the produce from anybody's garden. Cool. Uh, so when, when I became uh, old enough to have my own house, it was sort of, uh, okay, where are we going to put the garden? Not should we have one, but oh, yeah, yeah. where will it need to be? Um, and so that's just sort of extended um, down into my kids now. Um, my son, my oldest son, uh, is almost six and oh wow! He is now the gopher. When I need uh, <laughs> a couple of uh, of pieces of basil, or you know, I'll measure out on his thumb how much uh, rosemary I need, and he'll go out and oh, clip right. the rosemary, etc. So, um, you know, we're kind of passing it passing it down, as it were, to yeah. my kids.
0: Yeah, and it's just it sounds to me like it's it's just an automatic. It's like, and of course, this happens.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of that just has to do with. You know, everybody in the family appreciating um, good quality produce and Mm -hmm. good tasting produce. and, And why would you not? If you know the food is delicious and you know it's available, why would you use the dried spices when you can go out and harvest the fresh stuff?
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what we're here to talk about today is really something that I've for years called gleaning. And that is you're pretty much just looking around your neighborhood seeing things growing, and then you're going and harvesting that. Is that not the case?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely what's happening. Um, We have a really great community here in uh, Phoenix, Uh and there are a lot of YouTube videos and Facebook groups where people will uh, chime in or post pictures of what they have growing, Mm. or Mm -hmm. uh, videos of of what they're harvesting. I saw a video that Jake Mace had uh, produced talking about edible cactus, and he right. showed a, a Peruvian apple cactus. Ooh. And it looked similar to a cactus that was uh, on my neighbor's property, so I posted a picture onto uh, a Facebook group page and said, hey, I just wanna make sure this is edible before I you know, go about right. eating something that yeah. might not
0: be. Uh-huh.
1: Um, and I had a whole bunch of positive comments come back. It turned out that the cactus was a monstrous variety. And so then uh, I I knew at that point that it was edible, so I just had to figure out a way to get to the the fruit because this this cactus was huge. It's uh, was probably I don't know sixteen feet with maybe a dozen arms or so, wow. and it was just completely loaded with these lovely uh, orange fruits. So uh-huh. I, I just I was obsessed for a while uh, <laughs> about this cactus. So. I would drive past this house every day on my way home from work, and I always kept an eye out to see if the homeowner might be out uh, working in the lawn or taking groceries or something in, but uh, that never happened. And uh, I kept seeing that more and more of these fruits had bird holes in it. Uh, So I decided, hey, I'm just going to ask, because they might not Mm -hmm. even know that this is an edible cactus. Right. So I went to the house, knocked on the door, and said, hey, I'm your neighbor from a few houses down. Uh, I was just curious, did you know that the cactus on the side of your house has edible fruit? It's fruiting right now and, and everything that's on there is is edible. Uh, the woman that was in the house said, no, we had no idea, it's actually a nuisance that we have to clean up after. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, how about this? How about um, if you would allow me to harvest the fruits, uh-huh. I will clean up all of the droppings uh, around the cactus and then split the harvest with you. Um, oh, so uh, she was absolutely in favor of, uh, uh, yeah, a of labor to, to harvest this. Yeah. Um, but it turns out she was actually a seasonal residence and she and her husband were getting ready to leave uh, for several months. Uh-huh. So she said, you can have any and all the fruit uh, that this cactus provides and I hope that you enjoy it. Wow. So, my son and I uh, ended up going over, and while I harvested the fruits off the cactus, my son uh, picked up all the scraps off the ground mm-hmm. and threw them in a five gallon bucket so we can uh, take care of them. And uh, the fruit was delicious. And, you know, we harvested until there was no more fruit to harvest. And I sent pictures to her and, and said, hey, here's what the insides look like uh, a little iPhone video of, of me and my son
0: uh, <laughs> enjoying nice. the
1: fruit. So, uh-huh. You know, it was just um, I, I think that was important to um, follow up and say, oh, hey, yeah. you know how we actually um, how we actually enjoyed the fruit. And uh, and true to our word, we kept the understory of that cactus clear and mm-hmm. uh, would continue to do so during the next harvest. Wow.
0: So. A Peruvian apple cactus. I'm correct. I've seen one. I may have even tried one, but tell people what that is, because basically you're, what you're proposing is that we eat cactus fruit, right? Absolutely. So most people are familiar with a kiwi. You
1: cut it in half, and it's got uh, some fleshy insides oh, with right. edible seeds. Mm-hmm. There are several different uh, edible cactus. Actually, not even several. There are many different varieties of edible cactus, and living in Arizona, there is an abundance of that. Um, not only in the desert, but used as landscaping, as as this one was. Right. So if you take the fruit off, there's no spikes on the fruit. It's not like a prickly pear cactus. Oh right. There's it's um, it's a very soft flesh. You can cut it in half and use a spoon to eat out the insides. Um, some people have an experience with dragon fruit. It's very similar uh, as far as the way that you eat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like to uh, harvest the fruits, put them in the fridge for about an hour so they're nice and cool. cool yeah. And I uh, just eat it uh, either mixing it into a smoothie or um, as a snack. It's a very sweet uh, – I shouldn't say very sweet. It's not like candy sweet, but it, it, it's a fruit sweet, um, yeah. sort of like a, a kiwi that's not tangy.
0: Wow. All right, so you just mentioned several fruits here besides that are that are are these cactus fruits or are they succulent fruits or are they the same thing
1: Uh, i'm not uh, a botanist or a horticulturist so i don't know if i can accurately answer that question but they are growing directly out of the the cactus Uh and so for for succulents i i suspect that might be more of the prickly pear well that's a cactus as well so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know the answer
0: to that question okay good no so nor do i maybe our listeners can uh, can shoot me an email at greg at urban dot org and answer that question that's cool so what size are these fruit this is fascinating for me i you know i know i've seen them before but can you share share that with our listeners so specifically
1: the Peruvian apple cactus, um, or the monstros, which is another common variety, it's just a, a more twisted kind of uh, aggressive looking uh, cactus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they're they're related. Um, it's a, I'd say, about the size of a baseball, but maybe a, a wow. little more oblong shape instead uh-huh. of a spherical. Yeah. Um, and it also depends on the age of the cactus and whether or not you get to eat the whole thing, because the birds might have pecked a hole in it. But, oh, right. uh, Provided that it's less than half of the overall fruit, I will typically cut out the portion that the birds ate and I will enjoy the rest. <laughs> exactly.
0: exactly. Uh, it's, it's probably a little bit smaller than the size of your fist, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, so you mentioned uh, dragon fruit. Can you speak a little to those? Sure. Dragon fruit is another uh, type of cactus
1: that mm-hmm. grows. Uh, it's a vining cactus. It will uh, grow up a trellis or grow oh, up a right. tree where mm-hmm. you, can, you can train it. And then those will provide some real wild-looking fruits. Um, I can definitely understand why they call it a dragon fruit because you have this green cactus and you have this this red or yellow and almost mm. magenta. Mm-hmm. With, it looks like flames are coming off of it. With the, the way that the fruit grows, it's, it's wild.
0: Right. Wow. And then prickly pears. And the thing we have to be uh, cognizant with prickly pears is there's stickers on them, right? Right. So
1: with after having success with this cactus in this one neighbor, I kind of looked at my yard and said, okay, well, what else do I not have that I know is edible? And right around that same time, all of the prickly pear cactuses were fruit. And so there's these real deep purple prickly pear fruits that Mm -hmm. were just everywhere. And again, on my drive home, uh, I have a neighbor right across the street that had a loaded prickly pear. I mean, these things were just the like blood red, it was It was super dark. And um, similar to the last story, I kind of knocked on the door, yeah. said hey, I'm your neighbor from the street over, and uh, I just was curious if you knew that this was edible, or if you'd be interested in sharing a harvest. Um, with the prickly pears, I actually ended up making some jelly, and I said hey, uh, I will trade you some processed jelly uh-huh. uh, the ability to harvest your fruits and it was a similar story oh yeah those things are a nuisance i have my landscapers right. come out and they uh, will just throw them all away when they're done and uh, i don't even really look at that side of the house so so go for it so right now i have a 100 percent success rate in just asking <laughs> if, I can, if i can harvest uh some of the food and in Similar to the last story, I harvested them up, made sure that, uh, you know, I cleaned up the area. Yeah. Um. When I made the jelly, I came over and said, hey, here's the jelly that I made off of your cactus in your yard, and I really appreciate, you know, the ability to harvest out of your yard. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What was their reaction? Um. I think she was uh, a little kind of taken back that I actually followed through, uh-huh. um, but she... Seemed to enjoy it. I told her when the jar was empty to to bring it back and I'd give her another one and you know kind of propagate that whole uh, sharing yeah. uh, the, the, the processed fruit. But yeah, I think she was uh, really um, curious to have the apple cactus. Um, that particular neighbor it uh, was not from the United States. Uh-huh. Um, was only uh, in the valley just for a little bit of time while her husband was working on a, a contract job. Uh-huh. So she had no idea that, uh, you can make jelly out of that cactus. So oh, wow, it was oh, really cool.
0: Cool. So really, yeah, yes, you're getting food, but really, I think the bigger picture here is how you're building your community. Can you say more about that and your interactions with neighbors and like that? Sure.
1: So the first neighbor with the, with the monstrous cactus, mm-hmm. being a seasonal resident, um, she had asked if, um, I wouldn't mind picking up the uh, weekly newspaper, so that way you know, nobody would know that the house was vacant. I said, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, I'd be more than happy to to handle that. Uh-huh. When she and her husband came back into town, uh, my kids and I went over there, and uh, we spent a little time visiting. And nice. And they were really grateful to meet somebody in the neighborhood, um, because they had just recently purchased the house, recently moved in, uh-huh. uh, and then they're only here for the winter months, so... Um, they really appreciated the community aspect as as much as I did. Wow. And and similarly with uh, the prickly pear cactus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, it was nice to meet somebody else that that is in the the neighborhood because you don't really know who all is living on your street. We don't have these front right. porches in Arizona, or at least not in the tract home areas that I live in. And uh, it was nice to just know people so you, can, you yeah. can wave to them. If you see a car, you know who that car belongs to, et cetera. So uh, my, my sense of community uh, is definitely much greater knowing more people that are around my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and I can only assume that the same would be true uh, on the other end.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, when we have parties, where do for the most part, where do people congregate? Uh, in in my kitchen. family or in the neighborhood? Oh, yeah. Yep. In the kitchen, right? And it's because, I see it because it's around food. And what you're doing is successfully connecting your neighbors with food. That's true. How cool is that? Congratulations.
1: And then I've, I've since offered adjacent neighbors, hey, I've got a whole bunch of cilantro that's about to bolt. Do you uh-huh. need any? Yeah. Or, or I've got an overabundance of whatever it is. Do you need some? Uh, because I, I kind of have an emotional connection to food waste. Oh, uh, so right. try and, and distribute it where possible. So, you know, if anybody around needs anything for salsa, jalapenos, et cetera, they know they can come to me and I'll have an abundance and I can take it right off the plant.
0: Yeah. Wow. So tell me, tell me more about, you said you have an emotional connection to food waste. Tell, tell me more about that.
1: Well, food, when you grow it in my opinion, is no longer a commodity. It's no longer something that you can just run and pick up more of. You know, I yeah. fed it, I watered it, nurtured it, kept the birds away from it, um, pulled off caterpillars, put up a fence when rabbits got in and were eating it. So, you know, I'm, I'm invested in, yeah. in these crops. Um, so I don't want them to go to waste. And not only that, the food quality... And the taste is so much better than mm. what you can get in the store Yeah, uh, that I, I really want to uh, make sure that I don't miss out on, make sure that I don't miss out on that. Um, you know, a salad, just the name salad sounds kind of bland, but if it's all your own uh-huh. produce, yeah, there are so many wild flavors you can get yeah. in the salad. I've got some marigold, uh, marigold flowers growing and Ooh. you put that in there and it's a different flavor, uh, flavor notes and... Um, you know, if you ha- are making cucumber salad and you get dill right out of oh, your yeah. garden, you have mm-hmm. dill yeah. um, and it's, it's much different.
0: Wow. Cool. I know here at the urban farm, there's always so many things to harvest like nasturtiums and nasturtium leaves, nasturtium flowers. And there's this uh, little, little weed that grows in my yard called, called oxalis or sourgrass. It's a, like a, uh, 3 leaf clover thing, and it's really, you know, it's really lemony tasting. So I've found that if we just open our eyes up on the out in the yard, there are so many things to harvest and nourish us with.
1: I completely agree. I recently found out that there is uh, a weed called elephant food. Oh, yes. It's related to pursling. And my brother-in-law has some growing in a pot in his backyard. Uh-huh. Um and it was just there to look good, but now I know it's edible, so it's uh, there might be a few sections missing if he goes out and looks right now. <laughs> there, you <go.
0: laughs> there you go. So is cactus the only thing you forage
1: for? Uh, it's the only thing that I've reached out and asked my neighbors for, uh-huh. uh, but there are definitely some other items on the on the two forage list uh, when it comes back around. Um, again, a lot of people, Uh, or in my neighborhood have mesquite trees and they only have them just to uh, just to look good or provide shade. But I really want to harvest the the dried pods and make mesquite flour uh, to perhaps make some bread.
0: Mm, So I
1: fully intend on uh, asking another neighbor if I can trade my cleanup services to perhaps take those beans home and then I'll make some bread and then provide the bread. There are palo verde trees that have edible bean pods uh, kind of like edamame um, and in my backyard I don't have either of those trees um, so I, I fully intend to uh, to find a source um, that I can not only harvest but then share the harvest back with yeah uh, who I'm getting it from and I think that's the key you really have to um, complete the circle
0: maybe fleet the circle exactly yeah. yeah wow so how many yards are you harvesting things from right now? Uh well nothing is in season now so i'd say 0 uh but let's call it this time,
1: year this year yeah. 3 wow cool all right and i only started this whole harvest actually i take it back 4 um uh-huh. uh, there was a another prickly pear cactus um, oh, again yeah. on my neighbor uh, across the street and i wanted to eat the pads and so i asked hey can I harvest some of these pads? I'm going to uh, try and grill them up. Um, did you know that they're edible, etc.? And uh, again, she, no, I'm three for three on talking to a, a lady resident of the home. But, um, you know, again, that she was just like, hey, I have no idea that why anybody would want to eat these. They've got a spine. <laughs> I said, well, you have a spineless variety, but you're right. There are little tiny spines on there. I will clean up and I will grill it and then I can bring you one. Um, she didn't have any interest in that, but she said that that particular cactus grows over into her walkway, uh-huh. and so she was going to pick up a machete and to uh, chop it down so that way it doesn't interfere with her walkway again. Right. I said, okay, I will harvest just from this side, and I'll harvest it back to the point where it's no longer oh, in your walkway. Nice. So I ate several prickly pear pads, uh, not the fruit, but the pads. Yeah. Uh, off of uh, that particular cactus, Mm -hmm. again providing a service because it was interfering with her walkway. Um, She didn't have to go out and try and machete this cactus on her own, and it was a win-win. Right. So she didn't want any of the harvest, but she appreciated the uh, assistance in the landscaping. Yeah, exactly. So I'd say four four homes currently this year.
0: How cool is that? All
1: within walking distance.
0: All within, oh yes, of course, all within walking distance. And all with neighbors now that you have a better connection with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So what was the first conversation like That and what prompted you to start this?
1: So the first conversation was definitely a little nerve-wracking for me Mm -hmm. uh, because you have to approach somebody that you don't know and you have to ask them for something. Yeah. Um, but I knew that not only was I asking for something, I was going to provide something in return. So I, I had a pretty good feeling I'd be able to to hedge that a little bit. So you know, I was kind of nervous and knocked on doors, stood back a little bit and just said it. I started with, hey, my name is Jesse, your neighbor from a few houses down or a neighbor mm-hmm. from the street over, or, et cetera. So they, they have that connection. I'm your neighbor. And that, that word neighbor, I think, resonates. Yeah, uh, big well. time. You build a little bit of that common ground. And uh, I just said, hey, this is what you have. Did you know it was? (laughs) And if you didn't, can can I assist in your understanding of how to eat this plant?
0: Yeah,
1: Um, I was definitely nervous. But after that first one, the rest of them were easy, Easy, because what's the worst they can say? They can say no.
0: No, Exactly.
1: So many of these uh, cactuses and trees that are in the neighborhood, you know, somebody is eventually going to say yes. So far, everybody has. Uh, but there's, you don't lose anything if they say no. If they say no. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Wow. Wow. I love that you're doing this. So you had mentioned your son being involved in the harvesting and preparation. What's, what's he do? What, how does he help? So I started off
1: kind of easy. He held the bucket, the five gallon bucket while I picked up Uh, some of the Mm -hmm. refuse around the cactus and I convinced him that there are no spines in this particular fruit that he could pick them up right and then once he saw me do it a handful of times um, he would clean up the ground layer uh, while I was on the ladder uh, getting the fruit from the top parts of the cactus Uh so he helps out with that uh, quite a bit um, when it comes time to doing the mesquite bean harvest, I'm going to need a lot of beans. There's going to be oh, yeah. a lot of cleanup. So he's yeah. definitely going to be deputized to help with that <laughs> as well. Love that.
0: Love that. So what are you currently growing at home? Oh, let's see. I've
1: got some eggplants, some jalapenos. My okra is still going crazy. Oh, yeah. I planted um, some leafy greens, but we had a, a heat wave and they all bolted. So I'm letting them go to seed because when yeah. people come to my house, they're like, what the heck is growing over there? Because it, it looks like a lettuce, but it has this giant stock out and yeah. flowers everywhere. Yeah. I said, oh, you know, that's romaine. That doesn't look like romaine. Well, this is, this is what it looks like if you let it complete its life cycle. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a, uh, we had a interesting, you should say it, a heat wave. I wouldn't have called it a heat wave before 30 seconds ago, but you're right. We had a heat wave in November and. Um, late October and November and you know things are going to seed already which is odd for us here
1: yeah it was it was crazy my brassica is still doing well Um, I think everybody kind of starts with an herb garden so that's what I started with Uh, you know your basil cilantro the rosemary is a bush and that's something that's perennial that you can plant once and then continue to harvest off of so that's where I started. And then I said, okay, I'm going to make a salsa garden, kind of expand it out to a salsa garden. And oh, then nice. in this community, uh, this Facebook community and, and some of these YouTube uh, presences, I would see something different. Like somebody who's growing Okinawan spinach. Well, what's that? It looks Ooh, cool. Well, that'll yeah. grow in my zone. Let me get that. And, you know, somebody – Says, hey, you know, you plant a perennial tree colored once, and you can continue to harvest off of it. So I was like, okay, well, that's that's intriguing. Let me go try and find something that I can perennially harvest off of. Um, so that's that's kind of uh, been expanding now yeah. to where instead of people being able to look at my garden and knowing what everything is, they now have to ask because there are
0: some interesting yeah. things growing.
1: Yeah. So instead of yeah. the, the curly kale, I've got dinosaur kale and, and other kind of varieties. Uh, my I've got Swiss chard that's bigger than a dinner plate. It's, it's insane. Isn't that cool? Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. it's definitely a, a point of pride for me, uh, but it's also uh, really interesting for uh, for visitors to come over and see it. And they're like, oh, what's that tree? Well, that's a moringa. You can eat it. And my youngest son
0: is almost two, and he goes out and he eats a moringa right off the tree. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. One of the things that uh, we've done with the uh, Swiss chard leaves that are so big is Uh, Rather than using a tortilla to do a wrap, we'll use that to do a wrap. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, what we'll do is we'll put
1: hummus and some pickled carrots Mm -hmm. and uh, some sliced up uh, peppers and and roll that up and eat it kind of like a burrito.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it. So
1: the first time that I failed, I harvested all of the prickly pear fruits, and I was in the process of making jelly, and I was really excited about it. It was the first time I'd ever made jelly, uh, first time i had ever canned, not in the presence of my mom or my grandma. So I was, I was really excited I was going to get this done. So when you mix the pectin, which is the, uh, agent, the thickening agent, when yeah. you mix the pectin in with the juice and the sugar, it has a tendency to separate pretty quickly. I mixed it in and I filled up all of my glass jars and I sealed them. And when I went to uh, use some of the jelly, it was real soupy on top. And I thought I messed up the ratio. Hmm. I followed the recipe. I was like, "This makes no sense." Um, But I ended up kind of using it. I get about halfway through the jar, and there is just a hockey puck of pectin (laughs) at the bottom of this thing, and it is solid. And it was you couldn't use it for anything. So I basically blew the whole first batch. Because I didn't continuously stir as I was filling the jars, right? Um, So that was that was a bummer because you go through all this process of getting the thorns off the prickly pear cactus and making this jelly and and sterilizing everything and just to kind of have blah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But uh, you know, fortunately, I had uh, plenty of fruit still on the cactus. I had frozen some that I that I didn't have enough pectin to uh, to make the jelly for. Mm-hmm. Tried it again. It uh, ended up coming out wonderfully, and I distributed it to anybody who wanted to try some. Wow.
0: And the, the, you know, one of the cool things about prickly pear syrup is the color.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a real deep purple, and if you hold it up to the light, then it kind of has this interesting color shift. It, it's it's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's really sweet. My My mom actually used to – harvest prickly pears when we were driving back. We used to have a cabin in Payson in the 1970s and when we would drive back in August we'd stop you know by the side of the road in the desert and and pick prickly pears and bring them home and and you know convert them into jellies and jams and you know they also do great in uh, uh, lemonade and Margaritas and like that Yeah, as well.
1: cactus cooler. Cactus cooler margarita, a little yeah. bit of uh, coconut water, a little bit of prickly pear juice and some nice. other accoutrements, if you will, and yeah. you've got a, a lovely drink. Nice, nice, nice. What do you consider your biggest success? My biggest success? Being able to eat an entire meal out of my garden. Oh, my gosh. Which is something I never really had this space to do before. Yeah. I really like that my... Uh, son knows what some of the plants are and when I pick off some of the caterpillars I can you know, put it in his hand and he loves it wiggling all over his hand and I tell you if you've got a young kid and you want to keep them occupied for a <laughs> solid 30 minutes just put a caterpillar in their hand oh
0: my gosh yes just
1: over the moon yeah so yeah. I, I think that's a big success you know a lot of people will have gardens for convenience a lot of people will have gardens because they want the food to taste good a lot of people will have them be for a health reason Mm -hmm. and and I have a a little bit of all of those and uh, I really feel like I'm doing the best that I can uh, for myself by trying to uh, eat right out of the ground you know there's minimal processing Um, my green beans when I when I harvest them and I eat them um, it just they they taste better and sometimes I wonder some produce if I if I get distracted and I don't get to eat it right then and I come back the next day You know, it goes from this nice crisp bean to like a pool noodle. And I wonder, (laughs) what do they have to do to these beans in the supermarket to make them last so long on the shelf? Like, I I don't know the answer, but there has to be something because my beans right from the garden are like spaghetti noodles. They're just super bendy. They don't have that nice crisp. So there has to be something. And to know that I'm not eating whatever that something is, it means a lot to me.
0: Yeah, exactly exactly so i'm I'm going to th- throw a little twist in here in the podcast. I don't usually tell guests what their biggest success is, um, but I, so I just want to let everybody know you and I met about uh what a week and a half two weeks ago here at the urban farm you came on one of our tours, right yes, sir, and we chatted for i don't know five minutes and then we chatted for five minutes before we started here and we've had this podcast interview and what I really admire about you and what I'd call one of your biggest successes is your ability to make connections in the community I I just really want to honor you for that that is something that is really really important and and we as a culture especially these days we as a culture need to start building bridges and building uh friendships in the community and I just so thank you for doing that good job well, I appreciate that. It's very kind to of say. I would like to take credit for that, but their community
1: was already there. I just jumped into it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the community in my neighborhood, for sure. I, I yeah. can uh, I can take a little bit of credit for expanding that, but yeah. really it had to do with the uh, the Facebook community and the projects like the Urban Farm and uh, you know, Jake Mace has uh, tours in his garden yeah. and some other people that have tours in their gardens and uh, the community is there. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize how deep and how... Uh, helpful it was until I became a part of it. So this is just my little tiny extension off of something that was already really going well. Yeah, exactly. Good job. Good job. So what drives you? Well, with for kids, you have to pick a hobby that doesn't take a whole lot of time if it doesn't need to or that you can do a couple of minutes here and there right <laughs> So what drives me is is just having a, a, a hobby that doesn't collect dust on the shelf like a, like a musical instrument may Oh yeah <laughs> but uh, in addition to that it's I f- would be lying if I didn't say there was a family component to it. Um, you know everybody in the family, my aunts and uncles, They've either had farms or gardens, as I had mentioned before. And this is, this is my part. So I'm growing things hmm. uh, like pineapple guavas that nobody else is growing. Mm-hmm. So when we get together, I get to bring a harvest and say, hey, here's something that I'm growing that you guys might not have. Um, you know, my aunt has got, uh, uh, you know, persimmons or other things that are growing in there, apricots. And so since she has those trees, mm-hmm. I don't need to grow them because there's enough harvest that everybody can share yeah. with each other. Um, yeah. So when we have these family get-togethers, you know, everyone kind of meanders around the yard like, oh, what's in season? <laughs> you know, you're, you've got this, this tree that's full of figs, uh, let, me, let me help you with some of those. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. exactly. um, so I, I, I like that I have my little part of that story. Yeah,
0: perfect. So I'm all about education, and I have to know, is there a book that's been influential for you in this process in your life? There is. There is a book that uh, kind of governs
1: a lot of uh, pieces of my life, and it's Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Oh my gosh, yes, of course. Uh huh. And there are a couple of points in there. Uh, One is that sometimes you're a product of your environment, kind of right place, right time, but Mm -hmm. then... There are other parts where you can invest the time to become a master of the craft. And he has this thing, the 10,000-hour rule, that it takes yep. 10,000 hours to become a master of what you're at. And you know, every once in a while, I'll step back and take a look at my professional life or take a look at my personal life or, or a hobby or an interest and kind of see where I am on, on that track so I have a realistic expectation of where I should be or where I believe I should be on yeah. that path. Um, so that, that book is, has been huge in uh, a large portion of my
0: adult life. Wow, cool. Cool, cool, cool. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? To get started today. <laughs> um,
1: you know, that's a common theme, uh, even in, in your podcast that's been said before, yeah. uh, to plant something today. And, and it's true. Um, you don't know what's going to grow or what's not going to grow or how, if you've never tasted fresh produce as in just off of the vine in good soil right into your mouth Mm -hmm. you are missing out and once that happens uh, once you realize that instead of uh, you know uh, a few tablespoons of a spice you only need a a pinch because of just how how dense the flavors are um, you get hooked yeah so if somebody were to plant Something today, even in a, a pot or a, a container, you don't have to have a, a garden um, in the ground or raised beds or anything of that nature to start. Just start and, and you'll get the bug.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, t- I tell people all the time, the most expensive thing to buy and the easiest thing to grow are herbs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Or when you realize that there are more than just two kinds of tomatoes <laughs> right, exactly. grow all these crazy looking heirloom tomatoes that are delicious or that you know, have these different flavor notes. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I don't know how you could not become addicted to gardening if you try it in earnest.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Jesse. It's been a treat getting to chat with you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So how can our listeners get a hold of you?
1: Uh, if you go to com, it mm-hmm. will send you to my youtube page where nice. i've got some videos on how to harvest the prickly pear fruits and pads um how to get the spines off in a really easy method um that is just basically a, a newer version of the way that the native americans did it uh-huh. um, and then also how to make the jelly without uh, having a hockey puck of pectin at the bottom of the jar perfect
0: perfect 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 So you can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org backslash Average Jesse. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. My favorite plant to grow in my yard is the fruit tree because you plant it once and you get fruit for decades. If you have ever been curious on the best ways to be successful in growing fruit trees, today is your lucky day. Why? Because my team and I have compiled our best interviews and videos in one place to assist you in growing your own toe-tingling peaches and awesome apples right out your front or back door. Plus, as an added bonus, we've included an in-depth guide to successfully growing fruit trees in your yard. To get access to this information, it's free by the way, just go to urbanorchard.org or text FRUIT to 33444.